0: Hello and welcome to the HopeCast with Rachel Flick. Rachel is a speaker, inspirational author, and an overcomer. As Rachel is walking through her own journey of grief, she's challenging others to persevere and overcome their own circumstances. Find out more at rachelflick.com. Here now is your host, Rachel Flick.
1: everybody. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Colonel Allen West. I'm here at the NRB in Dallas, Texas, so you're going to hear this buzz around me this week. I'm Rachel, the host of the HopeCast, and in my ongoing interview with the Colonel, we are talking about the framework for what it looks like to begin to stabilize and repair the cultural divide that we've been seeing through 2020 in the riding. Colonel Allen West is a Christian constitutional conservative combat veteran and a former member of the U.S. Congress. He served in the military for 21 years and received numerous awards and decorations including the Bronze Star, Meritorious Service Medal, and Army Commendation Medal. After retiring from the Army, West taught U.S. history and coached track and field at Deerfield Beach High School in Florida. Then, in 2008, he entered politics as the Republican nominee for Florida's 22nd Congressional District, losing to the Democrat incumbent, Ron Klein. However, he won the seat in the 2010 midterm elections. In 2020, Alan West became the new state chairman of the Republican Party of Texas and on June 4th, 2021, announced his resignation. Lieutenant Colonel West is the author of We Can Overcome, an American Black Conservative Manifesto. Welcome back
2: good to be back with you, Rachel. Thank you.
1: I've really been enjoying our conversation. I'm glad that we get mm-hmm. to continue it. Appreciate it. So at the end of our last conversation, we were kind of edging into um, the worldview that your parents established for you because you said you were born in a black only hospital. Yeah. You, you were raised, in hospital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I just blows my mind. You know, I, I learned recently just, I've been doing a lot of research to um I'm on the law enforcement transparency and accountability mm-hmm. commission in Colorado Springs which mm-hmm. was created out of the riots for George Floyd mm-hmm. and an attempt to to bridge that gap to hear the people and what their concerns are and so in doing some of that research in my lack of knowledge that that interracial marriage miscegenation was illegal like when my parents were in high school and that just blows my mind mm-hmm. that we're only you know 45 years away from that and how Mm -hmm. you know we want to have come so far in our culture Mm -hmm. but really when you're telling me you were born in a black only hospital we have not come far enough for the expectations that we we have
2: I think we have. Okay, I
1: mean, tell me more about that. Well,
2: I mean, if you're you're sitting here with a guy that's uh, 60 years of age, mm. and the fact that you were born in a hospital and grew up in the same neighborhood as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., mm. and for for him and his incredible words when he said that he dreamt of a, a nation where people would be judged by the content of their character, mm. not the color of their skin. And so you become a, a congressional district, uh, I mean, represent a congressional district that's 93% white that Mm -hmm. had uh, the highest per capita income zip code at the time, which was Palm Beach Island. Uh, President Trump was one of my constituents. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mar-a-Lago was in the district that I represented. And so that's an incredible story. That's an incredible triumph. And so if we are going to sit around and take the, the, the stance that, I mean, we still haven't come or we still got a ways to go, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Because in most Mm. places where you have a class or a caste system, you're stuck there. But in the United States of America, it's all about an equality of opportunity, Mm. not an equality of outcomes. Mm. And I think that's the juxtaposition that we have to stress to our young people, especially as they're growing up, to saying that, you know, you can overcome anything. And that's why I wrote the title of the book, We Can Overcome, Not We Shall. Because Mm. we can overcome is an active verb. We mm-hmm. shall overcome, it's very passive.
1: It requires a choice.
2: It requires a choice.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So what do you think some of those pieces are that, that are coming into alignment with that we can, right? How, how do you come alongside of what you're saying is possible? Because there are clearly people who haven't caught your vision yet, right? Mm-hmm. How can we share that vision with them in such a way that it is hopeful, you know, as, as the director True. of the Hope Center, mm-hmm. you know, that's something clearly that you're passionate about. You have and to that be the living without example. Without a vision, people perish. That's right. right. You have to
2: be the living example of it. You have to be uh, show the courage and the moral fortitude to be out, out and about and to speak about it and to challenge the people of the victim mentality. Mm. Uh, you know, because I think that that is what is the biggest thing that we are confronting here in the United States of America is that... We're not speaking up enough about the greatness and the goodness of our country. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you talked about the George Floyd incident. There are bad cops. Mm-hmm. There are bad soldiers. Mm-hmm. There are bad sailors. There are bad lawyers. There are bad, you know what, there are bad preachers. Mm-hmm. In every single career pursuit, there is that person that is bad. You know, you have a, 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 a bad apple in a barrel. Mm-hmm. And if you're not careful, it can spoil the, mm-hmm. the other apples. But the thing is that you don't demonize an entire career pursuit based upon the uh, the badness or the mm-hmm. evil of one person. And I think, again, you have folks that are pursuing a certain ideological agenda that yeah. would like to do that. And they stir up the emotions instead of people being rational mm-hmm. and and tempered. And they're saying that, you know. This guy up there in Minneapolis, he did wrong. Mm-hmm. And we have a system of justice that will take care of him doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out and trying to manipulate it for an opportunity to create a, uh, a sense of power over other people and getting people to see themselves as a way that provides you the most benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just disagree with that. And so I will tell you that we have to have more people like yourself, like myself, that will stand up and say that, you know, that circumstance will not define who I am. It is, it is my incumbent mm-hmm. ability and responsibility mm-hmm. to define who and what I want to be in life and not let someone else paint me into a box that says that you can never get outside of that box.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about internal locus of control versus external locus of control. And people who have... I
2: say, I'm not that smart. I used to just jump out of airplanes, you know, <laughs> shoot bad guys. And you're breaking out all of this, you know, Zen stuff and, you know, counselor Psychology, stuff.
1: Mumbo-jumbo. Psychology mumbo jumbo. Psychology okay.
2: mumbo jumbo. I mean, we just... <laughs> and, and I think that what we have to start doing is... We had a a, a thing in the military called the KISS rule. Okay. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay. And I think that I, that's, I
1: promise I'll break it down. Yeah. And
2: I think that that's what we have to do because what has happened is that... We have tried to make things so complicated. You know, is it tough being a parent? Absolutely, it's mm-hmm. tough. But what is the main thing about being a parent? Instilling discipline and respect in your child. Yeah. Setting them up for success. You know, being that role model, being that example.
1: Absolutely. And I
2: think that that's what we got to get back to, you know, so that even though, like I said, I was born in a blacks only hospital, grew up in a black neighborhood, but I used to sit down and listen to those old guys and the stories mm-hmm. I used to sit down and just you know hang on every word of my dad you know how did my dad really get me interested in math he used to sit down and say okay because I loved baseball I loved the Atlanta Braves and so we'd look at the box scores from an mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves game he said okay so so-and-so had five times a bat and they got three hits what was their batting average for that game? And I said and figured, okay, three out of five, and what did it equal, dot, 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 two out of four, whatever. You know, you threw X amount of pitches. You had X amount of strikeouts. And so he was building this interest in my head based upon something that I liked. And then the next thing you know, he's showing me the business page hmm. of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. understand investments and things of this nature. So I, I think that what we have to do is start going back to the blocking and tackling of life. The basics. The basics of society, of culture, mm-hmm. because somehow, some way, these philosophies have come out, and everyone's seeking to be a victim. Yeah. And I'm never responsible for anything. Mm-hmm. And and we just don't right. want to have that. That's
1: the external locus of control thing. See,
2: see, yeah, see. I, you now, just call you it external. You had it extern-
1: such. Yes. Keep yeah. it simple. Yeah. Keep it I simple. I like it.
2: Because you know when you say external locus. I mean, I'm getting a deer in the headlights. Location. Yeah. locus. I'm yeah. getting a deer in the headlights look. <laughs> okay.
1: See it. Everybody, you can see it. If you were here with us at the Yeah, NRA. I just, I just. I <laughs> glazed just, over. Yeah.
2: I just want <laughs> us to get back to those simple things. Yeah. And you know what was the most simple thing about culture, not culture, but community? Parenting mm. and parents. And when you broke down that family then you start to go down the path of all of these other negative things that are happening mm-hmm. i mean my mommy and daddy you know where are you going i'm going out to protest protest what well i don't know but everybody else is doing it so everyone's going out and jump off a cliff you're going to jump mm-hmm. off the cliff get your butt back in here and go back and do your math go do some <laughs> reading whatever you know one of the things mm-hmm. i had to do before we ate dinner but as that's a kid. so
1: much stability. You but know, that's
2: what was taken away.
1: We need that.
2: But that's what was taken mm-hmm. away. So if you're telling me, you know, what is the framework, mm-hmm. the framework is reinstituting that stability.
1: Yeah. Healing the family.
2: Healing the family.
1: Mm. I think, you know, I, I really identify with, you know, how hardship can shift you from external control to internal control or from internal control to external control. Before Micah died, I felt like if I did ABC, XYZ, you know, I could guarantee an outcome.
2: And Micah's your husband. Micah was my husband
1: who was killed. And then after he was killed, especially in the aftermath of that loss, the feeling like I was helpless. I was helpless Mm -hmm. to protect myself or my family. And, And it took me to a place of external control, right? Like, like I, um... I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do about it. And I had to engage a tremendous process and and hope. And that's what the hope cast for me is all about Mm -hmm. is taking people from the place where they are a victim of their circumstances, Mm -hmm. of their pain, that this is going to be their story forever um, into a place of modeling of mentorship, Mm -hmm. of resilience, of um, putting tools in your tool belt, right? Like I'm, I'm a big um, fan that, that you don't, You don't get new tools when you're in the foxhole, like whatever you went into it with, which I would love to hear from a military perspective. But what you went in with is what you have for the gunfight. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you bring up a great point, because one of the things at the Hope Center, uh, where I'm a president and CEO, we have Christian counseling. And the group that we are seeing mostly now for our Christian counseling services are young people. Young people coming through this whole COVID episode mm. that, you know, they got put into the box. They mm-hmm. got put into the box and they couldn't go out and see their friends. They couldn't go out and socialize or whatever. And so they start to, you know, get these feelings of despondency and despair and what have you. And so, again, when you talk about that stabilizing effect, that's the power of the gospel. The gospel is mm. such a stabilizing, you know, prescriptive you know, book of wisdom and leadership and learning Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we can get people back to, that's another part of the stabilizing factor, our Judeo-Christian faith heritage, Mm -hmm. because everything that you can encounter in life, it talks about in the Bible. So when you talk about hardship, Mm -hmm. you know, in Romans chapter five, verse three through five, it talks about trials and tribulation and so you should celebrate the trials and tribulations. Why? Because trial and tribulation produces perseverance. Mm -hmm. And what does perseverance produce? Perseverance produces proven character. And what does proven character produce? Hope. Hope. Not hope rooted in man, Mm -hmm. but hope that is rooted in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so when I see people that get put into that box and they feel that there's no other course of action, and I have experience with, with someone, one of my officers, when I was a, a captain in the army, mm-hmm. um, killed his wife, killed himself, mm. left two boys. Because for whatever reason, mm. he felt he lost that stability.
1: Yeah, he lost he his lost anchor. Away.
2: He lost his anchor. Remember what I talked about in the first uh, segment? He got off asthma. Yep. A degree here, a degree there, and next thing now, you know, he was lost. Yeah. And so if we can find that way to keep ourselves stable, to keep ourselves on asthma, to keep ourselves on track, and that's why I believe that no matter what is happening in in, in the country and the world right now, the body of Christ has an opportunity mm. to be that stabilizer.
1: Okay. Yeah. For
2: ships that are at distress, that are out there being cast across on stormy seas, we can be that stabilizing effect.
1: So. I follow Candace Owens and I really Mm. value her courageousness to say what is on her mind. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that she says is, is the most powerful thing that, that another group that disagrees with you can do is get you to silence yourself.
2: Yeah. Self-censoring.
1: And we have had such a huge press in the church to shut up. Right. And so when Mm -hmm. you talk about the the church and Jesus being that anchor right Mm -hmm. to keep us on our true north what does it look like for a sense of freedom to begin to speak again about things that will set the people free and Mm -hmm. and save people like your friend and your um when you were in the military yeah from taking their life, from doing those things, because they are so lost and without hope.
2: Well, that's one of the things that we have to continue to try to, you know, share with people that uh, you know, there's nothing that you can over, you can't overcome. Uh, and I think it's so important that, again, when you look at Second Corinthians three and seventeen, it says, "The Lord is a spirit, and what the spirit of the Lord is, there is true liberty." Mm-hmm. That, that, that is where you try to find the true freedom. It's not in some of the other things that the world tells you. You know, you know take this pill, take this, you know, uh, uh, whatever, this, this treatment, whatever. Get back to the, to the blocking and tackling. Get mm. back to the basics. And, and in Romans 12 and 2, it talks about that how we should not be, you know, conformed to the world. Mm. But we should transform it through the mind of Jesus, which, you know, lives through our spirit. And so I think that, again, we have a great example to show that in all of the, 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 the craziness and the turmoil, and, and it's kind of like in, in combat, no one follows a frantic fanny. In combat, <laughs> right? If you're the leader that's up there going nuts and screaming and yelling, and everything like everybody's like, no, oh, I ain't going. Yeah. But if you can be that that stabilizing effect, if you show that cool heads always prevail, no matter what's going on around you, you say, okay, we got to move this way, we got to do this, we got to do that. You increase confidence in people, mm-hmm. and that's what folks are looking for right now. Who is grounded? Who mm. is rooted? Who can be a stabilizing factor and effect? When all the chaos is going on around them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've got that opportunity as the body of Christ. And so, again, coming back to your question, what's the framework? Mm. Stabilize.
1: Stabilize through the principles of the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Been tried and true. hmm.
1: Just keeps coming back around, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Would you tell me a little bit more about what you do at the Hope Center sure. that brings stability and offers hope to people? Sure,
2: what we have at the Hope Center is an incredible place unlike any anything else in the world uh, one hundred and eighty five thousand square feet, sixty different Christian ministries been around for twelve years, and they're all working together, collaborating center synergy to make sure that we're sharing and spreading the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ mm. and so my purpose is to you know set the vision, you know, I'm in charge with our staff with the operation and maintenance of this incredible facility so that those ministries can be stable and just focus on one thing, mm-hmm. the Great Commission, the gospel, making mm-hmm. sure it's getting out there and spread, their mission of their ministry. And so, you know, they don't have to worry about what's happening with the HVAC. They don't have to worry about what's happening okay. with, yeah, they can be focused on one thing. And that's what, you know, I think is so important is reduce all of the externals so that they can be focused on their internal mission.
1: Mm, That's awesome. So that you support and stabilize empower them. them. Empower them. Empower them. and empower them. Yeah. yeah, so that they can go out and do that. Who are some of the ministries that, you're, that you sure, support? Sure, you've
2: got international ministries there, like East West, E3 Partners, uh, Joni and Friends, you know, mm. the Handicap Ministry. Yes. You also had Nick Vujicic, Life Without Limbs. I get
1: to interview him during NRB. I'm so Guess excited. What? And
2: he just recently moved from California to Texas, and he is one of our ministry partners at the oh, Hope Center. you got amazing. First Liberty that is out there fighting these cases for religious freedom you got my faith votes that Mm. is there i mean it's just an incredible group of ministries orphan outreach we've got ministries that go from here in texas all across the entire world Mm -hmm. eastern europe you know in the far east and the middle east wherever and and this is how we bring that stability Mm. into the world
1: yeah i can see that i can just see it in in who you are as a person, how you're sitting here in front of me, mm-hmm. the way that you carry yourself, that you mm-hmm. bring such a strength to the people around yeah, you and that you. you have that in in um, a great anointing, I want to say, just Were a part of your kind. character and your mm-hmm. person. You. And that I, I have no doubt about um, just imagining your leadership for many, many people and those tours of duty and... Um, the things that you have invested in many generations because of that. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's that um, phrase, like, do not despise small beginnings never right when you talk about your upbringing and and your sweet parents and and doing the best that they can and raising you and Mm -hmm. and and your dad you know like the the memories that you have that are sweet with your dad are simple right like the atlanta braves and the box scores and do your math and you know read this and i'm sure do your homework right like all of those kind of things and those aren't you know, grandiose in our generation, they're not Pinterest worthy things, right? That mm. we have to feel inadequate as parents. But what I'm hearing you say is that your parents showed up. They were present they in were your there. life.
2: They were there. Yeah. And, and my mom, you know, even though she wasn't in the military, she was uh, sort of 25 plus years mm. as a civilian servant to a Marine Corps headquarters in Atlanta. Okay. And, you know, it, it comes back to what it was said in the Bible. If I can entrust you with the little things to get the little things right, Mm -hmm. then how can I entrust you with the greater things? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be able to do the little things correctly in order to be able to do do out and go and accomplish the great things.
1: Yeah. I just imagine people listening and feeling like that there's things that they're investing in in their life right now, and they feel so small, and they can't really see the harvest, right? They can't see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. And um, I just see your life as as a testament, as a testimony of... being faithful in, in small things and showing up and doing that. I can only imagine, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pieces of your life that you've woven together, that mm-hmm. now you're able to offer this strategic framework for other ministries yeah. to be able to come under and to receive cover for so that mm-hmm. they themselves are able to be more effective. Yeah. And you are able to give such an incredible strength to them.
2: Well, I appreciate you, Rachel.
1: Mm hmm. Absolutely. Um, Colonel West, you just wrote a book, We Can Overcome an American Black Conservative Manifesto. Um, what is just an overview of that, and where can people find it if they want to connect with you Yeah, you can, go,
2: you can go out and get the book on Amazon, and it's about truth. You know, in our original session, you talked about an oral history. hmm And it's important that we pass on, you know, that history that empowers people for future generations. That's why I call it the Black Conservative Manifesto, so that years from now you Mm -hmm. can still pick that thing up and you can uh, see and understand that these were the overcomers. Mm -hmm. These were the people that made it possible. And I dedicate that book to Booker T. Washington because Mm -hmm. Booker T. Washington is my philosophical, you know, idol, mentor, whatever you want to call it. Here's a young man born into slavery. And when he comes out of slavery, the first thing he wants to do is get an education. And then after he gets his education, he goes back to educate his family. And then he's recognized and he's given the insurmountable task to open up the very first institution of higher education for blacks in the South. Mm -hmm. That was Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute. What we today call Tuskegee University, incredible, which is where George Washington Carver did all of the experiments on the peanut, mm-hmm. which is where the first black man learned to fly airplanes in combat, the Tuskegee Airmen, mm. and that's what we have to start looking at, and Gives that's what I, that's right. It, it is not ever seeing yourself based upon what you were; it's seeing yourself based upon what you can be. Mm. And that's what the book is all about mm. him and many other great examples
1: that is so beautiful what an incredible tribute to him and his life and I think mm. that he would be so proud to hear that yeah. and um, that's really awesome thank you so much everybody this has been an incredible part two interview with Colonel Allen West Here at the NRB, everybody, you can connect with him at the Hope Center. And where can they find you?
2: Thehopecenter.org, and we appreciate your support to the Hope Center. And if you're here in North Texas, come by and visit us. We'd love to give you a tour of the incredible facility that we uh, have that houses 60 different Christian ministries.
1: Mm, thank you so much for everything you're doing that just mm-hmm. enables that that stability of the mm-hmm. gospel to go out into the nation and the nations. Everybody, this has been the HopeCast with Rachel Flick. You can reach out to me at contact at rachelflick.com, and you can find me on almost all of the social media networks. We will see you next week with another episode from the NRB here in Dallas, Texas.
0: You've been listening to The Hopecast with Rachel Flick. To find out more, go to rachelflick.com. While you're there, you can book Rachel for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. Go to rachelflick.com to book her today. While you're online, you can discover more information about all of the platforms that this podcast is on. Also, be sure to click on the social media icons at the top of the page and you will be directed to Rachel's social media sites. If you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate if you would subscribe and leave us a review. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time for another edition of the HopeCast with Rachel Flick.